Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. How do you sell $500 products on Facebook in the newsfeed? You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode 138 of Perpetual Traffic. Keith Krantz here with Ralph Burns and a special guest today to talk about how they've been using Facebook ads and other multi-channel marketing and advertising to sell pretty expensive products. It's an e-commerce business, but they're selling really an average price of five to $600 straight from social media channels and, and all the other multi-channels. So I'm excited to get into this today. I think you guys are going to be excited. We're going to go into some specific details about strategies, what works and you know the differences between they're thinking about this from high level all the way down to the nitty gritty. So I'm excited. This is a customer of the agency, Kevin Chen. Uh, Ralph, I'll let you do a little bit more of an intro, but uh, the company, Kevin, is the vice president of Freedom Laser Therapy and uh, just been absolutely crushing it. So I'll let Ralph do a little bit more of a, an intro to you, but I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Keith and Ralph. It's super exciting to be part of the podcast. Haven't been a long time listener. Yeah. It was two years ago that you were a listener of the podcast. And uh, the business was going well then. I mean, obviously, you guys have got a great array of products. But here you are, two years later, a guest on the very same show. And one of our very favorite customers for uh, the Tier 11 agency, where we just love working with you. And the big story with Kevin's stuff with uh, Freedom Laser Therapy and, and I Restore Laser in particular, we can get into exactly what that all is and what we're actually doing with Kevin 
is his campaigns have we've been able to 6x his ad spend from $30,000 per month to upwards of 160 $170,000 a month in ad spend with an increase in return on ad spend of about 90%. He was doing pretty well prior to us coming on board and was is actually a really solid Facebook ads tactician and strategist and uh, really decided to, it was a point in time in their business to move over and let an agency take over so he can focus on the business as opposed to trying to grow the business from the inside. And uh, it's been a great partnership for us at Tier 11 and really psyched to have you uh, telling your story here today and teaching people, you know, somewhat how to do the things that you've been able to do on Facebook ads platform with the awesome products that you guys got. So uh, super glad to have you on the podcast here today. Tell us a little bit about the backstory of Freedom Laser Therapy, how things got started, what product this is. I think a lot of people are really interested in finding out, you know, how do you sell $500 products on Facebook in the newsfeed? And tell us a little bit about what that product is and uh, how you guys started. So back in 2003, my dad and his partner, Craig, started the business. It was actually not an e-commerce business. We were a quit smoking clinic. It was a physical location where people would come in and get treated for nicotine addiction. How we found out about low-level laser therapy for hair growth is that during a trip to Canada, Craig had actually, he was treated in a laser hair therapy clinic and he found success with the, you know, the treatment process and was able to grow back some of the hair. But the problem is uh, with a clinic, you had the hassle of having to go into a clinic constantly and it was expensive, and it was just a huge hassle having to go into a clinic to get your hair treated by lasers. So we knew that there was an opportunity to make it available for home use. And that's when kind of the idea of iRestore was conceived. And so we developed the iRestore brand to serve kind of the same market of hair loss sufferers, but we wanted to make it really easy for people to be able to use the products because, you know, if you're not able to stick with it, then you're not going to see success with kind of your, your hair regrowth process. So we were able to kind of look at the market and, and we saw there's an opportunity to bring kind of these natural, non-invasive, side effect-free solutions to the home. And that's what we did. So with the, uh, you know, with the advent of e-commerce platforms like Shopify and um, the ability to reach your customers like Facebook ads, we're able to take some of the technology that was existing in the clinical setting and transform that into something that the customer can use in their home. And... That's how we started the iRestore brand, and that, that's kind of how we ended up here today. That's awesome. And as it uh, it came to market, you guys have gotten even more credibility boosters by getting the FDA declared because it's clinically proven in studies, which is amazing. And it's one of the things that we certainly leverage in the Facebook ads. But tell us about that whole process of sort of going from concept all the way to like you're legitimately like you can make claims that say that you, what you do, which is very rare in your industry. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So the product itself is called the iRestore Laser Hair Growth System. And what it does is it uses low level laser therapy to regrow hair for both men and women. It is FDA cleared. So there was a kind of a tedious process there of, uh, you know, getting regulatory consultants on board, uh, getting the clinical studies done to make sure that it's effective for men and women. And, you know, the, the FDA side of things, being able to make those claims, it's a good thing because it means that the upfront investment allows us to have kind of a higher margin and protected product that isn't easy to copy. And that enables us to kind of uh, grow our business and not focus on the 
you know, the other aspects of worrying about someone copying our products, stealing our IP or things like that. Yeah, no, it's it's one thing to have a product that works, but then be able to put the stamp of approval that gives that credibility, especially in this market where there are a lot of less than reputable companies out there selling the same type of end result that you guys are and claiming that, you know, you can't actually regrow hair. I mean, people, we see this all the time in your Facebook ads is, you know, people are just so incredulous that it actually works the way that you say it does, which is, you know, once again, I mean, no amount of traffic in the world is going to cure a crappy offer. So we can, as an agency, we can pour as much traffic as we possibly can and make sure that we're educating folks. And at the end of the day, if the product doesn't work, and especially with the guarantee that you guys have, it's an amazing guarantee where they back up their product and um, it, it's a win-win situation for, for folks that are unaware that something like this existed, making it ideal for Facebook ads. So you had actually talked about initially running the ads yourself and then you know having a, another agency manage it and then us coming on board and managing it. So what was that like? What was the transition like? And what were your big learnings from actually running the ads themselves and how to transition that marketing over to an outsourced group, which, you know, may not know the ins and outs of the products like you do. I think the biggest part about partnering up with Tier 11 is that we're able to free up our bandwidth to focus on the strategy and content creation side of things and not really be worried about where the buttons are in the ever-changing Facebook platform. So the transition process for us has been tremendous because it is a little bit tedious as first to kind of convey everything that you've been doing and transfer all the content over to another team. But once we're able to get that set up, you know, our account manager, Angela, it's it's been really helpful for us to focus on the key things that we're good at and let Angela worry about all the ins and outs of Facebook and, you know, which ad format to use, what the ad dimensions are, or what media f- format we need to be putting out there. So to, to have an agency that's able to kind of serve our needs and understand all the updates and then transfer that information to us has been really helpful because then now we're able to focus on growth and we're able to kind of focus on getting good at understanding our customers, our customer's journey, the buying cycle, and focus on creating a good funnel that we can then transfer over to your team to, to then grow together. So, I mean, with this market, I mean, there's obviously there's challenges because people aren't necessarily on Facebook looking for a hair regrowth solution. <laughs> so, and you you talk about this when we first started, is like that was sort of the biggest transition is how do you actually get people interested in even engaging with your ads? So how did you sort of start with that? Like what's your philosophy around how you view advertising in general, especially for a product like yours, which is so novel, there's nothing else like it. How did you uh, how did you sort of approach that initially, and how do you view it now? It is a little bit difficult for us to find customers at first because people aren't exactly raising their hands on Facebook and saying, "Hey, I have hair loss. Come show me your ads." Right? It's uh, some some categories you could do that with, like you know, say baby stuff. You can kind of target pregnant women, all that. But we don't have that luxury. So for us to really stand out in the newsfeed, we have to find ways to engage the customer and find ways for them to kind of stop and interrupt them and get them to be interested in what we have to say. So, you know, the a key for us to doing that is just creating really engaging content and following what you guys kind of share in like the three-step video formula where you have to stop and get someone to really 
you know, pause in the newsfeed and stop scrolling and look at what you have to say. One way we're able to do that is by creating video content that's really engaging. Uh, one example of that is a user-generated content video that we were able to create where we leveraged different photos of, of our users wearing the product. And it looks a little bit funky because you have this helmet that lights up with a red light on and it's kind of moving a lot in the newsfeed. And we were able to use that as a very, very effective front end type of ad to get people to stop scrolling and then allow them to read our message and our copy to learn more about the brand. And once they were able to enter our funnel by engaging with the ad, whether they're clicking on it or liking it or viewing a certain percentage of that video, we were then able to target them with the other ads that were more kind of targeted with content, with education and social proof and things like that to kind of draw them into the rest of the funnel on Facebook and also on other channels to engage with our content. So that's kind of one way that we're able to prospect from Facebook, even though we're, we don't have any specific targeting that we can check off or too many interests that we can target just by looking at the targeting inside of Facebook. I mean, there's there's such great targeting inside Facebook. And I think Keith actually says this, is that one of Facebook's greatest strengths can actually become a weakness if you target too specific. We've actually found that wider targeting with much larger audiences are typically the ones that work best. And that way, the algorithm, especially if you're running website conversion campaigns with that objective, the algorithm can actually do its magic. And machine learning starts to take over and they'll find the people that engage with your ads. And in this case, it's either clicking through, watching the video, clicking all the way through to the landing page. And then we capture those audiences and then can, like you say, retarget them with other messages. Because for a $500 product, we don't necessarily expect people to see one ad and then buy <laughs> just like that. So it is more of a process. And I think you guys have always taken more of a long view of this, but also you know, by the same token, you still want to be able to get a return on ad spend. Fortunately, because the product is so good and you've got, you know, approvals and there is high barriers to entry in this market, you've got a premium price product that is extremely effective. So we can wait a little bit longer and it's a little bit longer sales cycle with something like this. Well, it's a, it's an interesting thing because you have a unique product. So you have an expensive product that's five, 600 bucks and they can, they can get nicer ones and spend, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred bucks. So you have a longer sales cycle. So I'm sure there's people listening right now that can relate to that. But you also have a product where there's a lot of people in the marketplace who are skeptical, right? A lot of competitors that are doing shady stuff with hair loss and weight loss and, you know, all that stuff. And so you have to overcome some of that skepticism in the marketplace. And so your, your goal is to make them aware of a solution that they not, might not realize exists. You know, however, but you also have a, a very large audience, a very a massive, broad consumer audience of people because you, most people over a certain age all would like more hair, right? So you, you have that luxury there, which is very interesting to have a very hungry audience. Of course, there's always going to be much hungrier people than others, and it's tough to target those, like you said. So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because you definitely have a product that's just, it's almost like a magic thing because it works so well. And, and so you have an amazing product and you have a huge audience, but you also have to engineer that process to educate them and make them aware of why they might want to be interested in a solution like this. So it's, so it's pretty cool to see you guys have the long-term outlook and short-term where you understand that it's, it's not just building that one 
perfect good offer. It's, it's about a combination of multi-channel but multi-content approach too. Kevin mentioned the three-step video ad formula, which is based on uh, a dominant web media principle and, and strategy of how to create videos that will work with large, broad, cold audiences. And so you can download, I'll, I'll throw a link, you guys, you can go to, and I just created one real quick, um, dominatewebmedia.com forward slash three-step, and you can download that. And it's got some video, literally live URL, so you can go look at some of the best video ads and kind of shows you what really works. Yeah, I think you guys bring up a great point about kind of taking a more long-term perspective on advertising and just your business in general. Before we started working with you guys, I used to kind of look at each ad set as its own unit, kind of looking at the return on ad spend like a hawk, just watching it and and not really taking that, that broader perspective on the overall account performance. And since I started working with you guys, I've learned to take a broader perspective and actually look at everything as an account and of course, we're still looking at the, the ad set performance and the ads and stuff like that. But we started to understand that each ad actually has a very different role in our campaigns and in kind of the, the growth of our business. For example, you know, you wouldn't really expect a person to convert on an offer unless they've already been exposed to your product before. And the example that I like to give is you can't just expect someone to walk into a store and hand them a flyer for you know $100 off coupon and expect them to purchase Right, you want them to uh, walk into the store after seeing a print ad or a a banner or something like that. And once they go in there, they they've heard about it from their friends, they've read reviews online, and now that that's a different customer that's going in there. When they see that flyer for hundred dollars off, they're more willing to to purchase. They're more willing to kind of place trust in your business because they, they they've had a chance to kind of interact with you in multiple different mediums and get multiple touch points in there. And by that point, that's a warm customer that's going in there and learning about your brand and products. And if you're able to take advantage of that and show them the right offer in that moment and add a little bit of scarcity in there, that's when you're able to convert them you know, with a high ticket item or, or even a lower ticket one. Just being there and providing education and offers to different people based on what step in their journey they are, that's really important. I think that's key to our success. Yeah, without a doubt. And, um, you know, I mean, the majority of you know, the ad spend goes into those awareness ads, which do actually convert to sales. But I mean, it's sort of the first step in the process. And then, you know, as they go deeper, and there's really sort of three steps to how we approach this. And obviously, you know, working side by side with you with getting great creatives and videos, and obviously, new information that comes out, uh, especially studies that that validate and prove that you know, the product actually does work, which is killer. And you mix those all in together and you've got a this blend of different pieces of content, which convince and, you know, inform, but also sell at the same time. And then the next level to that is just straight level retargeting. We typically will use a lot of the, the great uh, testimonial videos, which, you know, aren't overly produced, aren't you know, really, you know, post-production value isn't extremely high. I mean, you guys, obviously everything that, that comes from you is really on a, on a top-notch basis. But sometimes when you have testimonial videos that are rough, you know, that are from just iPhones or just, you know, from a camera on someone's laptop, that actually works a little bit better on Facebook because it is so genuine, it is so real. And then we also use the uh, dynamic product ads at the end of it. So it's, there's lots of different touches here. It's not just a one, you know, one touch and then expect the sale. And that's how you have to approach things on Facebook. So, and like you said, I mean, every single 
campaign, every single ad and every single ad set has its own individual function that serves the whole. And I, and I think a lot of advertisers do look at, hey, one ad, one ad set, one campaign, but not looking at the entire account. So being able to take that you know, bigger picture view like you've been able to do is, is really is a maturation of the business and a maturation of people who look at Facebook as a way in which to move their business, not just one little component of the campaigns, but everything working together. And it works so well with your stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and to add to that, we really view our campaigns in terms of cold versus warm. And we know kind of what we need to show people at first to get them introduced to the offer, to the product, uh, to the brand, to become more familiar with uh, their problem and being aware of the solution. We feel that that's very important for someone to understand before they start getting shown the testimonials or uh, social proof content or the different offers, like I mentioned earlier. So we, we kind of lead with that strategy of picking out our best creatives for onboarding the customer. And then in the retargeting mix, we have a lot of different video content and as well as static image content. But really what, what's really been working for us is the video side of things. And it's so important to let Facebook do its thing and optimize and show each prospect the ideal video for them because that's going to be different for each prospect, right? For, for example, for our audiences, people lose hair anywhere from, you know, teenage years to well into their 80s or something like that. So, so that's a really different customer, a young male that's losing their hair versus, you know, a woman in their 50s going, losing hair. That's a different conversation that you need to have with them. That's a different type of testimonial video that you need to show them and ad copy and all of that. So being able to de design that journey on Facebook in a way that allows Facebook to optimize and serve each content and add to the right customer is really important. And of course, we always make sure that at the right points, we're giving them the right offer to turn them from a prospect to a customer. Would you mind sharing what you guys are doing on, because I'm sure right now people are listening. They're like, oh yeah, I totally, that makes sense. So what how are they doing it exactly? How much are they letting the algorithm do it? How much are they doing it with custom audiences and targeting? So the, the way that we design that is uh, one of our key creatives is the commercial. We have a two-minute commercial and a one-minute commercial that we use to lead on the front end to turn cold traffic into warm traffic. The way that we do that is we lead with the commercial video and based on anyone that's clicked through or engaged with that or if they've watched a certain percentage, say 50 to 95% of that video, we then turn that audience into a warm audience pool that also includes our website custom audience for the last 180 days and create a pool of qualified traffic that's warm. Then once we have that warm traffic pool, we then show them different types of ads like testimonials or another video that we have is a clinical study video that talks about the clinical study that we did with tremendous results and success and also mix in their kind of stuff like our influencer content and just all kinds of creatives in there. That's kind of how we've been structuring things to use uh, that front end video with the commercial as a, as a leader to build warm audiences and get people to click through. And really the, the important metric for us is cost per pixel here. It's not, you know, how many people are purchasing, how many people are, you know, clicking through. I mean, that's all important, but looking at things from a very complete perspective of, you know, what is it costing for us to get a person to view a video, then get pull that into a warm audience? What about clicking through? You know, what about all that kind of stuff? So that's that's been really key for us to understand what creators work on the front end. And then Facebook then can, you know, optimize on the retargeting side of things for us. 
Yeah. So at the top of the funnel, the interesting part of this is that we tend to want to break this down into sort of three easy steps. I mean, that's the way that sort of my mind thinks of it. But in actuality, it's really, it's everything all together. Some of the videos that are used to introduce people to the product are oftentimes used as like a second touch as well, just to make sure that they actually do consume that content. Like the clinical studies video is being used to entice cold traffic and to, you know, getting interest about the device itself. And then also it's being used in retargeting. So once they actually are in or have clicked or have actually landed on a collections page or a, a page within your site, but hasn't yet purchased. So you can use the same video assets for lots of different purchases. I think people tend to think that cold traffic videos or ads have to be a certain way. And then my retargeting ads have to be different. You don't necessarily need to have separate assets for different phases. Think of it as just an entire system of warming people up, educating them at the same time, and the logical conclusion is for them to purchase. And of course, in Kevin's case, and you use a, a you know a discount coupon or or money off in order to entice them to get them to to buy now, which is always helpful as well. But I think one of the really cool things about a lot of your videos that you guys have done is that you've engineered in a way that there's anticipation, but also staying within the lines of Facebook policy. Something like a product like this, you can get into trouble quickly. And we've had our run-ins with policy with your guys' account, but because of the before and after, you can't really show the before and the after state inside an ad. But tell us about some of the ways in which you've been able to engineer content to get around that, but still be Facebook compliant while also getting the message across and leading to more conversions. It's certainly a challenge for us at first. When you look at Facebook's policies, they don't allow you to show before and after photos or anything that you know highlights a disease or imperfection about its users. For us to kind of find our way around it in a ninja kind of way, we had to engineer a process where we didn't show all the before and after photos, but we encouraged people to click through to show the before and after photos on the landing page. And we, we found in the comment section too that a lot of people would then ask, hey, where are the before and after photos? This is snake oil, all of that. So then we countered that by asking our customer support team to reply to every single one of those comments with before and after photo shots, as well as a link to our page where there's more before and after photos. So that's kind of one way and a good example of how um, you know that you as a business owner needs to understand how Facebook works and its policies to best navigate around it to serve the best content to your customers. Because it's very easy for us to just say, well, we can't show before and after photos, we're screwed. That's, that's going to be it, right? But understanding the the capabilities and the ways that you can navigate around Facebook really enables us to overcome that challenge. I mean, I think that's something that anybody in the health and wellness space can certainly listen to and, and take back to their teams or, you know, think of a way to integrate that into their Facebook advertising because it is 100% policy compliant. You're, I mean, you're staying within the rules and most folks, you know, in the health and wellness or health and beauty space are going to run into policy issues at one point in time in their campaigns or another. And before and after certainly are effective in showing proof. And in this case, you know, the, the proof is validated because the product works so well. But yeah, those are really effective strategies and, and ones that um, have certainly been able to leverage the assets that you have to an even higher degree. To add to that, I think at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is build trust with your customers, right? With before and after shots, with testimonials, social proof, all you're doing is you're saying, hey, I'm, I am a trustworthy business. I can solve the problem that you have right now and improve your life. You know, give us a chance to show you what we can do. 
So with the before and after photos, with the six-month money-back guarantee that we offer to our customers uh, with the reviews, all we're doing is really having a conversation with our customers and getting them to really trust our brand enough to make that decision to even you know, visit our website or, or complete the offer and things like that. So think beyond just navigating the policies, but, but think about different ways that you can build trust with your customers. That's a huge part of everything on Facebook right now, because I mean, I think people know that Facebook ads are in their newsfeed. They know that every other you know piece of content or every fourth or fifth piece of content that they're going to see in their newsfeed is, pro- is going to be an ad. So you've got a lot of competition, not only from other advertisers, but from user-generated content. And based upon some of the changes in the algorithm effect of this year, which were announced uh, early part of this month, there is going to be less organic, if not no organic content from business pages at all. So the newsfeed is crowded. It's sold out as of right now. So you've got to think about how you can bring value and establish trust with that customer. And how are you going to do that with your specific product? In Kevin's case here with iRestore Laser, video is a natural solution for that, especially when you've got a lot of credibility. You've got you know a number of different ways in which you can show or prove to folks that your product actually does work, but build that trust and build that value. And it might take a little bit longer. And in your case, the average buy cycle is what? It's around 30 days or so, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found that um, you know over 10% of customers can take over 30 days to complete the purchase. And that figure likely is not super accurate due to the way that Google Analytics tracks things. So we know that you know at least one out of 10 customers are taking a while um, to make that decision to purchase which means all the time they're being shown retargeting ads and content and getting followed around the internet with all of our stuff. So how can we, how can we utilize these advertising channels and communication mediums to build more trust during that period and overcome any objections that they may have in order to get them to trust us enough to take the desired action? Uh, that's, that's really the key here. And good for any business owner to keep in mind as they try and master this platform. One of the things I think we should talk about today is sort of the downside to Facebook and some of the issues that we've had and how we've been able to overcome them with regard to comments and trolls and a lot of the issues that you guys have a great customer service team that responds to comments, but the comments come fast and furious with a product like this, right? And uh, maybe explain to uh, the listeners what sort of challenges we face there. And we can talk about some of the solutions that we came to just recently with that we're really excited about. Yeah, the, the challenge with a product like ours is that, um, well, you know, there's inherent distrust in a hair loss product, very much like a weight loss product, where people are going to call you out for being a stink oil salesman in the comment section and kind of provide negative feedback to Facebook. So that's been a really big challenge for us because as you guys know, the more negative feedback you get, the less your ad is shown in the newsfeed to other customers. So how, how can we overcome that challenge? Well, one way that we were able to do that is, first of all, having a excellent support team. You know, Shout out to our support team. has been so great in addressing all the customers' uh, negative feedback and making sure that we're kind of building trust with them, sending them to the website where they can learn more about what we're doing and how you know we're not here to scam them. We really are delivering true value to our customers and helping them overcome the problem of hair loss. Another way we were able to overcome that challenge is to use dynamic creatives, which allows us to split test different types of copy and ad and refresh the social proof in the comments section on each of the ads. And we have found that to help tremendously with our delivery because now we're able to refresh 
different creatives and you know not have negative feedback accumulate but still have really good delivery to the customers so we're not getting constantly flagged as being a negative ad but still getting that, that ability to scale you know with, with the different types of content that we have that may be receiving negative feedback yeah it's a blessing and a curse sometimes i mean we'll typically recommend to customers to send all their traffic to one specific page post and build up the social proof, especially if you've got a great product. Now, in your case, it's a really interesting situation because you do have a great product, but the skepticism on in the market is really is off the charts. I mean, more so than I think any other product we've ever advertised or helped, helped build inside the agency because there are so many other very deceptive folks that are out there. I think, you know, there are some other niches like in the business development niche and the health and fitness niche that have similar types of issues. But yeah, the trolls are definitely out there for you guys. Although a comment per se in the newsfeed doesn't necessarily send a signal back to Facebook that it's negative. Even if it is a negative comment, it's when people start hiding or blocking the post that they see inside their newsfeed, that's when things get really challenging because you start to lose impressions. You start to lose out. And remember, Facebook's newsfeed, it's sold out right now, guys. So they're looking for any little thing that will indicate, hey, that's an ad that lessens the user experience, is a less than positive user experience. Even if it's one X out of your ad or one hide this post. And uh, we talk about how to deal with this in uh, last week's episode, episode 137. You can go back and listen to that. And we also talk about one of the solutions that Kevin discusses here, which is Dynamic Creatives, which is a brand new tool that just was rolled out on February 15th to all ad accounts, which is a tremendous way to start testing new creatives, new text, new ad copy, new headlines, new descriptions, new call to action buttons, you name it. Uh, but also the side effect of that is for an account like this one, it really it minimizes that social proof. It almost resets the social proof every time the creative changes. So that's been a game changer for us. And we've been able to really scale up your ads ever since then. But uh, it's an unfortunate sort of outgrowth of the industry that you're in. And just real quick, Ralph, uh, no, great points there, both you guys. Uh, it's interesting. Can you repeat one thing there? In case there might be somebody confused, because you'd made a comment about hiding posts and in case somebody's confused with you as the admin of a page hiding or banning a comment. So will that affect your cost with Facebook if you are banning or hiding or deleting comments from like unruly, you know, trolls? Yeah, from unru unruly <laughs> trolls. The trolls. Just want to make sure there's no confusion there that um, it's when people are hiding an ad, right? Yeah, yeah. When you see an ad in your newsfeed, you have a little three little dots up in the upper right hand corner of the post. Now remember an ad in Facebook is a page post. It's a post that's on a page for a business that has a business page on Facebook. So this is a page post. So it actually, you, you're allowed to, as a user of Facebook, hide specific ads that come from specific pages. So up in the upper right hand corner, if you get too many of those hide ads, what that sends a signal, a negative signal back to Facebook that reduces your impressions. And that was one of the issues that we were having, not because necessarily all the bad, all the trolls or all the bad comments that wasn't reducing impressions, but what the bad comments were doing was reducing the conversions on the ad itself. So two sort of separate things. So you want to 
keep in mind that if somebody is hiding your ad and you can do this through your page post section inside Facebook, and we talk about this in uh, episode 137 quite a bit, you can go in and you actually find that individual post and figure out which are the ones that are getting hidden or ha having, you know, I don't like this post and Xing out. Um, and that definitely does affect how many impressions are how often Facebook will, will show your ad. But negative comments like the ones that Kevin is talking about here may or may not affect the impressions, but they will affect conversions. Because anybody who's seeing that ad in their newsfeed scrolls down, looks at all these you know super negative comments, and they are less likely to convert and buy. So one tip there too is if you have a post that's getting a lot of negative feedback, you can actually just restart it. You know, Sometimes certain ad sets will perform worse than others in terms of negative feedback. If you restart it, you might be able to get better delivery on that and without having to do much. And of course, what we mentioned earlier too with dynamic creatives, that's also one way to overcome that. Yeah, and it's a good one. And um, it, it becomes cumbersome when you're trying to run a lot of traffic. But you know, if you do have that issue, many times it's, it's, it's not using the same post ID. It's just rewriting the ad and starting fresh. And Keith, we had a couple of customers from some of our coaching calls through Dominate Web Media that we made that suggestion for. And it's really restarted, like giving them a whole new lease on life with their ads. So uh, that's a really important one, an easy one to do. Easier now to do it with Dynamic Creative, which is in everyone's ad account. But um, just think of it that way. It's almost like you get a hard reset by just taking your same ad copy, same image, same video, whatever it is, and just starting a brand new ad. But Dynamic Creatives does it for you automatically, which is even more awesome. All right, well, awesome stuff, Kevin. Hey, um, for anyone who wants to find you and learn more about iRestore Laser, uh, where can they find you guys? You can find us at iRestoreLaser.com or you can visit our website, freedomlasertherapy.com to learn more about our business. Uh, but for anyone out there that uh, you know is interested in what we're doing, I encourage you to sign up for our email list. You know, Just kind of see what we're doing there on the email side of things. You know, Once you land our website, we'll be sure to follow you around the internet with lots of ads, and especially Facebook. So you kind of get a chance to watch everything that we've been talking about here, and hopefully uh, we, can, we can get you to trust us. And if you have any hair loss problems or anything like that, you know, we would love to be your solution. Cool. Cool. Very nice. Awesome. Awesome. And if you're at Traffic and Conversion Summit right now, because this should be going live that week, if you're watching it right after it went live, come say hi at the Dominate Web Media booth. You'll also see a, a sign for Tier 11, um, the agency. And we will also be next to Digital Marketer. So you'll see their main booth as well. So come over. We're going to have some games where you can win some cash by putting. We've got some putters where you can win some money by just, uh, just trying to putt and landed on a, on a $5 bill or $10 bill or something like that. We're going to be recording the podcast live. By the time this is gone, I'm not sure if it'll be too late or not for that, but we're recording Tuesday live and doing a bunch of hot seats Q&As and then Ryan's going to be doing an episode with us as well with a to-be-announced time. So come say hi. Talk to you all soon. Awesome stuff, Kevin. And uh, good stuff, Ralph. Bye-bye. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Grant, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.
John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.